0: This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone ground products for decades. Their flours and whole grains are the highest quality and are minimally processed at their stone mill in Oregon. Visit bobsredmill.com to shop their huge range of products. Use the code COOKINGISSUES, that's one word, all caps, COOKINGISSUES for 25% off your order. The Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from, I don't know, like 12, 15, 12, something like this, to about, you know, 12:45, like 45, like one o'clock from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. <laughs> Joined, as usual, with Nastassia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing? Good. Got Dave in the booth. Good. And habitual line stepper <laughs> and America's favorite punching bag, nice. Peter How do you Kim, How do director you feel about of the Museum fact of Food and that? Drink.
1: Dave will talk about the borough he's in with about ten times more enthusiasm than he, you know, talks about the two of us. That's true. Or Dave in the booth. That's true. Brooklyn! Hey, see that person out there?
0: You know what they're excited to be? They're excited to be in Brooklyn. Do they know who we are? No idea at all. I mean, Brooklyn... Don't know, don't care. care Don't know, don't care. Brooklyn is a bigger deal than any of us, my friend.
1: I'm just noting, observing.
0: Yeah, but, like, I stand by that. What about you, Dave? You know it. Yeah, see what I mean? Hell, I, I don't even like coming to Brooklyn because I prefer to stay in Manhattan. Oh,
2: so sorry about it. Wow.
0: It's not that. It's that, like everyone, like, it's the people who live in Brooklyn, they're like, I don't really like to go to Manhattan. I just go there for work. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They, no one likes to, no one who lives in New York, here's the messed up thing, actually likes to leave like a five block radius. People who don't know this about New Yorkers, we don't like to actually move around within our city. We all think we sucks. like to travel. Yeah. Anyone who lives outside of New York... They're like, oh, you're, they're only like 45 minutes away from you. You must see them all the time. And we're like, oh, 45 minutes away? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're like, they moved like 40 blocks north of me, which is, what is that, like three miles, something like this? Not uh, even. And you're yeah. like, 40 blocks away? They're dead to me. You know what I mean? It's like, that's just how New York works. Yeah. It's pathetic. We are the most provincial people. Like, we might as well, we might as well be like, uh, I don't know, like from the 19th century or something like that, in terms of our, you know, getting around habits. Except for Peter. Peter goes around, sees everyone, does everything.
2: <laughs> Man about oh, town.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, Nastasia, did you go to the Best New Chefs event last night? Yeah. How'd it go? Food and Wine's Best New Chefs with our uh, friend of the show, Jordana Rothman. Was she, uh, it was crowded. Yeah. Was she, it, what, I didn't see her.
1: Last I, time I went with Stoss, she left me high and dry.
0: I did. I hugged yeah. Jordana and then I left. Yeah. Yeah. That's Nastasia doesn't want to ever she's like me this way, does not ever want to be anywhere alone, because... <laughs> well, no, I was re- with Peter. She doesn't really like people. Right, well, so... Here's
1: I'm the really thing. Really here's the thing. It's love. not just that Stas doesn't want to talk to other people, which, no. you know, that's her prerogative. Mm-hmm. She will actually sort of suck my attention or other people's attention away, so I can't even function as a normal sort of social that's human true. being right, around her. Right,
0: until she has another wing unit, and then. Then, yeah. Then you're sloughed off. Sort of. Yeah. Like, you know, like. She the, still manages to shoot. Prefer. You know the extra. The extra ship you get in Galaga 3? Yeah. Like, that's you. You get, you get shot off the side. You know wheel-willy yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like, you That's know, right. ju- 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 and then like yeah. you get shot off the side, she just keeps going. That's right. Gets another extra ship. Yeah.
3: Dave's my favorite wingman.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, because like <laughs> Nastasia looks social next to me. <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> With the two of us, we're the worst. We show up at a party, we both put like the most disgusted look on her face and get to the farthest corner, right. find a glass of booze, go to the farthest corner of the room, and just go. <laughs> yeah Well, with you,
1: Dave, so for normal people, the distribution of conversation is small conversations with a lot of people. With you, it's like ninety nine percent of your time with the first person you sp- you speak to when you arrive. yeah that's who just probably starts asking you a question about something, and you haven't even like hit the elevator button.
0: You know, you know I, you know all right whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. That sounds about right. Whatever. all right. Uh, so, uh, what do you, you want, you want to actually do a question? Oh, by the there's way. There's somebody on, on the phone. Oh, there's yeah, somebody on the phone? All right, all right, all right. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Dave, Nastasha. Uh, Peter. Uh, and uh, me.
4: This is actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
4: No, this is Antoine, previously from Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, you moved? Uh, I did. I'm in, uh, Burlington, Vermont now.
0: Wow, huh? Nice. I mean, that's very different.
4: Very different. I... Like you, I always hated the heat over there, you know, so yeah. I've been there since I was two and could no longer do it.
0: Are you like one of those drivers who, like, your foot's either all the way on the accelerator pedal or all the way on the brake?
4: Generally, yeah.
0: Yeah, all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so, what, so what's uh, going up in Vermont?
4: Uh, you know, a lot, man. It's uh, really good quality, just food from here, year-round, mm-hmm.
0: you know. Year-round? Uh, year year-round? I mean, come on. Year round, Vermont. What are they making never, in the in the dead of winter? You haven't been there in the dead of winter yet, right?
4: I've been here in the dead of winter.
0: What are they making in the dead of winter? That's so great. We have, mean, Ruta, have we have some rutabagas,
4: hydroponic uh, stuff here as well. Greenhouses. All right, fair. Uh, fair. Dairy as well.
0: Oh, dairy end yeah, here. Rutabagas. A lot of ferments. Uh-huh, fair, fair. I love a good uh, rutabaga.
4: So, so I actually had a question regarding bottled cocktails, but with uh, carbonating them. Inside of a bottle. Shoot. Uh, oh if there's any recommended pressure you do for in there. Like, all I have right now is um, is an easy whipper, not the actual soda siphon. Yeah, never use a soda siphon. you syphon. recommend?
0: What's that? Never use a soda siphon. There's, okay, no, yeah. there's no purpose <laughs> for them. Soda siphons serve exactly one purpose, and that is to reenact Three Stooges uh, episodes. If you wish to reenact a Three Stooges episode, the soda siphon is the best tool you can possibly use for it, unless you get the real old-fashioned seltzer things. But barring that, soda siphon, fantastic at that. If you want to spray somebody and you want all of the bubbles to be gone from your liquid by the time it hits uh, your opponent's face, a soda siphon is the way to go. Other than that... Or if you really enjoy cleaning out large bottles that have very, very small necks such that you can't get inside the bottle and clean out the residue of what you've put into it, if, if you if you want to spend all your time doing that, then use a soda siphon. Otherwise, don't.
4: <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, question at hand is whether you recommend an, uh, adding an extra CO2 cartridge to a whipping siphon to bottle a cocktail, or, or what specifically? Yeah?
0: So, so when you're using, first of all, like, I'm assuming you're doing this for yourself and not professionally, right?
4: Yeah, for
0: myself. Yeah, okay. Because if you're doing it professionally, this is it's a freaking nightmare to because it's so expensive to use those cartridges. But the uh, the procedure is you have to do uh, a pre carb with one, and then <clears throat> vent out, and then a, and then the actual carb with the second unit, second charger. So you're into two chargers anyway. Adding a third charger probably won't help you much, right? Um, just because of the, the the way the thing works, but the you really, if you're going to start bottling cocktails and you don't have, you're not going to do like uh, the liquid bread cap, you're going to do like crown court caps into smaller bottles. I will tell you the way that the very crappy way, hateful way that I do it. I hate it, but here's, here's how it works. First of all, the most important thing in a carbonated um, beverage in terms of long-term storage is minimizing the headspace. You need to minimize the headspace in your bottle. So I can't stress this enough, headspace is your enemy. You need to leave a little bit of headspace because otherwise uh, small Small pressure fluctuations will blow, blow the top, you know, blow your bottle apart. But minimize that headspace because, just trust me on that, just do that. Uh, now, so the way that I do it is I usually chill my bottles. You don't want to over-chill your bottles. If you over-chill your bottles, like freezer chill them, then it gets so cold that you'll get uh, ice crystals on the inside of your bottle, and the cocktails you pour in will get little crystals. Those will form nucleation sites in your host. So I would just say I usually will submerse in uh, ice water. Uh, for a while, you like you just totally immerse them in ice water so they're they're thoroughly chilled. Then here's what you do: you carbonate. And this, I would do this with a with a, like a two liter bottle and a liquid bread cap. Or, like do it again, again, and again. You could do it with an EC, but you're going to spend a fortune. doing oh my God, I remember you. You seen uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? It's going to cost him a fortune and fudge. Uh, uh, that's uh, Augustus Gloop. So anyway, like the point is, is that if you have, uh, you're gonna. Like I wanted,
4: to- I wanted to do it for like an eight ounce something to bring to the beach. Right, right, right. Or like by the lake, rather.
0: Right, so yeah. here's what you got to do. You got to, you are going to carbonate like a good bit, like 30% or more, more than you need, right? Then you're going to put your chilled bottles into a, uh, like a half hotel pan and you're going to fill it up to the top, right? And then once the foaming subsides, keep adding, letting it pour into the hotel pan, right? And then when it, as soon as it gets to the proper level, Cap it right away. Don't even wait for the phone to cap it, right? And then re then later on for your next batch, recarb the stuff that went into a hotel pan. That's the only way to get good crown cork stuff. Now, if you're willing to take your E C whipper to the beach with you, which is not a bad call, yeah, then just do a a a full charger into your E C vent, do another charger, shake it, wait, take it to the beach, vent it out, and then you know, enjoy a nice cocktail. But you have to be willing to take your E C whipper to the beach.
4: Yeah, I'm not feeling
0: that. Yeah. But it's like, I highly recommend getting a CO2 tank. Do you have a 20-pound CO2 tank?
4: I do, and it leaked on my way up here, so I need to get it filled up. I want to get the whole setup for like a, um, a kegerator sort of idea like you have in the book.
0: Right. What size tank did you have leak on you? Uh,
4: this was a 25-pound. 20,
0: 20. Was, it, was it in a moving truck?
4: Uh, It was in my car with me.
0: What the heck? It leaked dry. You didn't. Well, first of all, you shouldn't transport full tanks in your car, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, But uh, did you have any problems with... Get, well, obviously you're alive, so you didn't have any problems with getting poisoned. How fast did it no, leak? No,
4: it was like a slow leak because I left it open. I guess I left the gauge open before. So it could have been like before or after. I just didn't check till I, I moved in. Right,
0: right, right. All right. Well, get it refilled. Go to, just go to your local welding shop and get that tank refilled. And then... I would get a, like a single liquid bread carbon cap and then hotel pans with your bottles and just carb, like I say, 30% more than you need and keep refilling, refilling, capping, then rechill chill and re-carb in the, in the uh, you know, in the one or two liter, the stuff left over and keep going. So that, that's how, when I need to make a uh, carb on the road, that's what I do. I'm working on a better system, but I haven't built it yet.
4: And if I was to do it from a keg kegerator, is there like a recommended pressure you'd have recommend or just what you recommended the book coming off of that yeah
0: i mean the, the, like if you're going to come off of a keg with with a cocktail it's uh, very difficult because of the uh foaming first of all you need to get the cocktail i'll go with a lower abv cocktail you need to get it extremely cold you need a long long uh hose you need to go through a couple of rounds of a cold plate um like a couple like two three and then um, you need to get a really good uh, compensator valve, so like much better than a beer line. And then still, I would put all of your um, I would put all of your bottles into a half hotel pan and like fill, 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 and then keep like going around filling and spilling, as I like to say, filling and spilling. Then cap, 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 cap. Once you have the airspace very, very, you know, fairly small, and then yeah. you should get a decent, decent, not great, decent level of carbonation. You also like. You have to get your lines primed to get rid of any air bubbles in it. So, like the first, like the first, like you know, four seconds off of a pole on your uh, any keg system is going to be real foamy. So you get your hotel pan, you get your stuff in it, you put your your gun over the hotel pan, you hold it down until it stops being like hyper foamy, and then start your fill and spills on the bottles in the hotel pan. So it it's it's not easy to do one or two, but it's not so bad when you're doing like forty. You know. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Anyway, let us know how it works. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. All right, cool. Um, so, Peter, Kim. We David, ha- Arnold. We had our <laughs> uh, museums, uh, the Museum of Food and Drinks uh, yearly gala. So, what was the shakedown? How was it?
1: That was our most successful event yet. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of love in the room. And, uh, yeah, we also announced what our next exhibition is going to be, which is cool. You
0: were, uh, you were wrong. There was no love in the
1: room. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 All right. That was Not from day. Dave.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, but, yeah, <coughs> I, th- I think, well, what exhibit? do you think?
0: How much did we raise? Are you allowed to say or not?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, over 230K. Wow. So just one, yeah, one night. Not bad. Ah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, so now it's time. Peter's going to go to the Caribbean. Just keep... <laughs> Yeah, how much of that are you embezzling? <laughs> That's right. You know, yeah. Peter, Peter, like, has always wanted to learn steel drums. Yeah. He's going to learn steel drums. I'm going to learn bagpipe, and we're yeah. going to go, we're going to have the world's only steel yeah. drum bagpipe band. And That's I can
1: cool. I can finally afford to replace the screens on my Sears all. Oh.
0: Right. <laughs> 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 Are we out of stock? Uh, out of stock?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, sorry, it's out of stock. Right. It's
2: yeah. in my shopping cart on Amazon, but yeah. you know, I can't seem
1: to while. move it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool, man. I mean, having the jet of flame coming out of my cereal is really cool. But, yeah. No, um, but like, yeah. I can't eat
0: eggs anymore. I know. I know. They're all um, goopy on top.
1: No, man. I think it went really well. We had like just a lot of. I mean, you have
3: to talk to Jim Leahy about his egg thing. It's gross.
1: Oh really? What, what are you talking about?
3: Tonight is his thing, but what? what do you so, mean his thing? Okay,
0: so Jim Lahey, bread breakfast breakfast sandwiches. F bomb
1: Leahy, you mean?
0: So tell. Wait, first before you do this, tell the story about after the radio show what happened we, we, what I what I call them. They got oh, in a fight right. about
3: something, and then Dave called Jim Leahy Bread Man. Hey yeah. Bread Man. <laughs> hey Bread Man. And then Jim was like, "Whoa, I sound. It sounds like you're calling me." You're An saying An a-hole An yeah. a-hole And bread is ass And yeah. man is whole And what did I say? And you said, yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wow <laughs> yeah, So go ahead, go wait, ahead. Egg That's product. Dave Arnold
3: So he serves these breakfast sandwiches In his Chelsea shop Right And the egg is supposed to be scrambled mm. And it is so bad So oh, hold I told up, him that up, yesterday hold wait Hold what? up,
0: hold up First of all you... Who scrambled eggs do you like? From people that I personally know Oh, I don't know you don't know what like, scrambled eggs like you
3: like? I like diner scrambled eggs. So know. you a like garbage scrambled scramble.
0: eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, anyway, I'm assuming you like can French toast. you no, no, his I,
1: Both ways I like them. They're just different things. Sometimes okay, okay. I want the
0: soft cook. Sometimes I want the... Right. Right. Nastasia's Nostasi, What? Love diner eggs. All right, yeah. Nastasia's yes. getting all pretzel. Go ahead, Nastassia. Okay.
3: So he, he boils them for three and a half
0: minutes. In the shell? In the shell. Okay. Then he... That's a soft boiled egg.
3: Cracks them. Very soft. And into a...
0: Food processor. What's this Roy Orbison stuff in the background? Is that from you? No. Are you singing that in your head? No. All right, go ahead. Can then we talk about Then puts them in, in a, a food
3: processor, and then puts oil and salt in there, and then just...
1: Whizzes it. So
0: does it turn into just... like, a, like a... Wait, oil oh. and but salt? How, that's
1: probably still really liquidy.
0: It, that sounds more like a sauce than... Yeah. Yeah. Egg. And then one... He fell between
3: my toes one day, and I whoa, didn't discover it like, two hours. Wow! First of all, what is who did you eat it with? Mark thinks it's not very good. Right. Well, okay, is this a? I've we never, told Jim yesterday.
0: I've never had.
1: I'd a, like to hear James like uh, Jim uh, make the case
0: for go this. Go tonight. All right. What's the theory of it? Is it supposed to? What texture? Like, it's so to it's be?
3: easier for his staff to scoop out, uh, like soft-boiled eggs, soft right. scrambled eggs.
0: Right. want to make soft scrambled eggs. Yeah,
3: so I think that's very hard for a staff to do.
0: Here's what I don't like. Here's what... Let me tell you about the advantage. Like, I always would go um, not French soft-style scrambled eggs on a sandwich because, like, they extrude and fall over everything. That's even right. If, even if you love them, like, let's just for a better word call it mini-curd, like the yeah. French-style scrambled egg, which is the mini-curd scrambled eggs that requires low heat and constant stirring. I've never tried this pseudo- Egg-type product. Pseudo-egg-type product. But, like, let's just, because I can't picture exactly what the texture of what you're talking about is. I think I can find it. Why don't we just discuss, like, an actual, like... No,
1: on a sandwich, you want structural integrity. Right. So,
0: omelet style is the way to go. And the best way to do fast omelette-style stuff isn't necessarily scoop is to do like large-scale flat sheet folded, not yeah. sweet, but like tamago, not that thick, but like that style, like folded, bop, 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 and then cut into the perfect sam- shape. Yeah. cut into the shape. This
3: is what it looks like. Let me see. But it's... It's great for radio. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Nostashi I know. really understands yeah, yeah. that you people can't <laughs> see it. Dave <laughs> is a great descriptor. So you I'm yeah. a great... Okay. Yeah. Describe it. I'm the great describer.
2: Describe the dish.
0: Let me see, it does. Let me see. I will, I will describe it for you. And coming around the track. Uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> let me see. So it's a It's a piece of bread. Oh, really? Bread man makes a piece of bread? It's a piece of bread. <laughs> bread man. And uh, he's put through it, but he hasn't inserted it all the way. You guys familiar the, with, that, like with that? with that bamboo... That bamboo toothpick that has the little knot at the end, the little trifle knot at yeah. the end of it, mm. one of those that's kind of green on one side and brown on the other, a little, you know what I'm talking about, like a yeah. cocktail pick? He has that, but he's only stuck it about a sixteenth of an inch into the top of the bread. <laughs> right. See, the whole reason for that stick is to shove it through totally the damn bread yep. so that when you're cutting it, the bread pieces uh, don't uh, fall apart. Yeah. And when you're picking notably it up... Notably for a
1: club sandwich.
0: Most notably for a cr- club sandwich, which I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure is one of the top four sandwiches. Yes, top four, gotta be top five, maybe. Uh,
1: I'd have to go through the sandwiches to be sure, but definitely top Peter ten. Peter sandwich man. Yeah, I am the sandwich man.
0: Has anyone ever been if you, let's say you eat bacon and turkey, right? Yes. Has anyone ever been upset when they were handed a club sandwich?
1: I have because sometimes when a place does a, a turkey, a, a, a turkey like a club sandwich. They'll do, like, not, like, the cold-cut turkey, like, like Boar's Head whatnot, but they'll take, like, actual turkey meat, mm, which is right. good, but they won't season it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had so many bad turkey club sandwiches where the turkey meat is unseasoned. It that happens me frequently? Do you carry,
4: frequently.
0: Do you wow. carry a small Go ice to, pick with you? What's that? Do you carry a small ice pick with For you? For myself. Whoa. Oh, do you, I like that. Uh, the first move is just, yeah, yeah, in my own misery. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's just Can you imagine if you if like someone handed you a turkey sandwich, you took a <laughs> bite, and then you just stuck an ice pick into the side of your head and fell yourself. over? Yeah, 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 no, yeah. It's
1: like I've noticed that actually in New York City like uh, diner joints, like you'll if you get a turkey club, it'll almost always come unseasoned. So I asked for extra salt okay. and I asked for the coleslaw and I put the coleslaw on the turkey.
0: I think I know why this has happened. Let me mention this. I think I know why this has happened. It's because people are like, there's so much salt in deli meats. I'm gonna make a healthy club sandwich. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna put salt. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Salt, salt the dang meat. Yeah, the club the is thing the club. Is, it's
2: not gonna be healthy. The other no, it is-, is
0: healthy, Dave. I mean, That's what know. pisses me off. It is. Whoa. Stop thinking about Whoa. food. Like, in other words, I was talking to Shorty I'm to say, I'm about our, our menu unhealthy. and like, he had
2: a thing. Healthy bites.
0: It's all healthy. All
2: right. The hell. Hey, cool. I'm not saying right. it's bad for you. I'm just saying, you know, like, it is what it is. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm specifically saying that.
0: Don't think about your food as a freaking no you said it's not you in your mind you're still playing into the game you've played the game it's like it's like freaking Jumanji once you're playing the game you're hosed don't play the game. <laughs> don't think about it as a healthy choice or a not healthy choice because you're buying into crap science and crap arguments.
2: I was being flippant when I said that. I'm just – ah. I'm saying it doesn't matter. Who cares? It is what it is. It's a turkey club.
0: I ca- You know why it, I, I care? Enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. But the reason I care about people buying into it is people who don't otherwise – they don't otherwise know what's actually going on or think make decisions – that ruin the way things taste have ruined Peter Kim's lunch on multiple occasions, as far as we know. Based on, I've never seen you get so
2: defensive on behalf of Peter Kim. This is incredible.
1: Wow.
0: Well, yeah, yeah.
1: The other thing that's also in this line is the the lack of the 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 uh, under application of mayo to a club sandwich. Okay, like, now, I need like multiple layers of mayo.
0: Dave, are you that jerk who doesn't like mayonnaise?
1: Whoa, uh,
2: this
0: is the, I like it in moderation. Hate at Dave. Listen, a turkey club sandwich without mayonnaise is just...
2: I'm not saying you should do a turkey club without mayonnaise,
1: Dave. All wow, right. this is it.
0: Here's another <laughs> thing. I've said it before, i said it again. This is it Sandwich disassembly people. The
1: moment that Dave Last Arnold that came unraveled.
0: Peter, what do you think about people who disassemble sandwiches?
1: As much as I want to who wind you up even further right now, they're the worst.
0: They're the worst! <laughs> they're
1: the worst. People <laughs> yeah, who yeah, disassemble
0: yeah. sandwiches are the worst! Yes. Worst. If you don't, like, look... We have done the courtesy of putting on the menu what it is that is on the freaking sandwich. (laughs) If you have a problem with that, if you disassemble your sandwich, you are calling me an a-hole. You're calling me a bread man. What if
3: you get a, a mealy tomato? Yeah. That is
0: the fault of the restaurant. The tomato should be removed, and everyone back there should beat their heads against the wall until they understand what they have done. Yes. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But right. the, the issue is, it like, it's because... Wow. Nastassia
2: is sitting there like she's between two parents getting divorced or <laughs> yeah, something. We
0: are so used in this country to the figurative tomato. There's no point to the figurative tomato. You can right. go, bu- right now, you can go to my local... Garbage Supermarket, which is a what what's what's the local supermarket? Well that's that's, Food Emporium. Food Emporium. They went out of business. Food emporium. There's still a couple left. Yeah. Or like whatever. Sea Town, Key Market, what like out in uh California, what's your garbage mart called? Uh Ralph's. Ralph's. You can go to Ralph's in Covina, right? You know, home of Good Burger. And you can walk into almost any garbage supermarket right now and buy a decent Hothouse, like a Campari, or a worst name ever, Kumato. That's the worst name for a publicly available food product mention, in the world. A tomato. Not
1: to mention cherry tomatoes.
0: Cherry tomatoes, hard to slice.
1: Hard to, eat, hard to put on a sandwich, difficult, yes. Difficult to
0: put on a sandwich, can be done in a pinch. Yes. Any one of you out there can get something that has a tomatoey-like flavor right now. Forget seasonality, forget that. You can do that, or you can buy that mealy styro garbage. Uh, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? And seriously, retail, I'm not talking like wholesale prices, retail for $3.99, I can go buy a pound of decent hothouse like Campari tomatoes. Slice one per freaking sandwich, <laughs> did you right? Get, did you get By the word on the bike ride I over have, here or something?
1: What's going meal? on today? I have this amazing image in my That's head as Dave, of Dave at like 60, 70 years old, alone in Union Square, like in a park, just screaming this into the air. like, You can buy a nice tomato. Why are you buying these garbage tomatoes? You're the first against the wall if you get these tomatoes. Well, here's
0: the other thing. People want to buy a decent quality, non-one of those Campari tomato. I had this argument yesterday with someone. All right. They want to, I'm like, okay, great. This person's tomatoes, like, maybe they're good now. Are they good all year round? Like, that's what these hot right. houses, like, right, it's right, like, right, right. for, first of all, there is a tomato, which you want on your sandwich, because for some reason we can't do without it. And I like the tomato. I like a tomato on my sandwich, like one of these Campari's or yeah, yeah, yeah. kumato's, which is gross. I hate
1: for the kumato, it's,
0: I, it's, I buy them, it's just, why would you call it that? It's a horrible name. But anyway, point being, that, like, that's fine, but you should just mentally distinguish between a tomato which that is, and the tomato. Right. The tomato is the one that is in peak season from a real farmer right. out of a real nice piece of dirt namely Stokes yeah. in uh, Old New Jersey, yeah. But uh, and two of them. But I'm not even going to mention their varieties because I need some this year. I don't want you chumps going and buying my tomato. That's how much I'm going to bogart the tomatoes this year, people.
1: Well, you know, Dave, it's all because that genetic modify stuff going on. They're playing oh, with the molecules, geez. you know, the yes. tomatoes, and it's just not natural, man.
0: Oh, so, those
2: GMOs. Don't get me started. Yeah.
0: Really don't get me. Uh, <laughs> like, real. Uh, all right, yeah, you know back what? to the St- sandwich. Nastasia's like... phone is like her screen lock is Uranus, which is weird. I think we better take a break and let you reset. We gotta talk about the freaking eggs after the break. Uh, coming back. <laughs> This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone-ground products for decades.
3: This week we have a question from HRN intern Sam. When cooking farro, she likes to toast it first for extra flavor. However, it's difficult to toast it right after rinsing. Do you have any tips for quickly drying farro or other grains? Huh. Why not toast it and then rinse it?
0: Like why not just toast it first and then rinse it afterwards? You could throw it in a low oven, and that'll dry it out pretty quickly. So put it in a low oven, wait for it to get tacky and dry, then you can ramp the heat and do the toast out, right? It all depends on what you're trying to to do, but here's a bunch of different reasons to rinse something. One, you think it's filthy. Two, it has kind of extra starch and other stuff on the outside, like products of milling or whatever, and you want to get rid of those for texture reasons on the cooked product, right? So if it's the latter and you're just trying to get rid of something, right, uh, or even if it's filthy, and but you're going to, like, cook it wet later, then go ahead and, and toast it first, then rinse it. Stock
3: up on all your grains. Go to bobsredmill.com and use the code COOKINGISSUES. That's one word, all caps, COOKINGISSUES, for 25% off your order. And we're back!
1: Okay, so uh, You're giving Dave, a couple sedatives. I were describing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't you know, see the drool. Okay, so, so, check, of a so check,
0: speaking of sedatives, right? I'm on this new. I don't even remember what it's called. It's called like xylophone or something. Some new allergy thing. Because two days Xyzol? ago. Xyzol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And it's it kind of messed me up a little bit. I took it last night because uh, I had this. I've never had this crazy. I was uh, like asleep, I fell asleep on the couch as one does. I get up to go to, to bed and like I choked. My throat was a little bit closed, but not a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Because the mm-hmm. season. And like somehow, like they say, the doctor says they think it was and this is gonna love this. A phlegm ball oh. uh-huh. got lodged in my airway, uh-huh. and literally, like, so I stand up and I think I'm fine, and then you you can't breathe at all. It's like someone shoved a cork in your throat. Right. And so, what'd you do? Well, so like I was like, you know how I am, right? I get violently like I'm like I try to breathe in, and and all that makes it through is this like tiny whistling noise but i do it so hard like popping blood vessels and stuff that like i wake my wife up jen from a sound sleep i'm like <clears throat> Oh God! Like, like, the, and then like, oh, Jesus like, <laughs> God. like, just like trying to get air in, and oh, then my God, and like, so I'm like, I'm not breathing. I'm like, okay, I've got a couple a more seconds enough. before you I ram pass out. The and then I went, I <sighs> like, you know, I can't do the accent, but I take all the stuff that's in me and I just do like a, I do a like a like a Hulk Hogan like like shirt rip, like try to expel anything that's in my lungs out, like and I got a cough out. Oh my god! And then, like after like like one or two of that, I was able to breathe again. You
2: should be the spokesperson for <laughs> Mucinex.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I am becoming the actual mucus character from Mucinex, like a kind of like a you greenish, certainly have the same like, disposition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My hat color—that's <laughs> why I'm wearing a hat. That's the color of the Mucinex, uh, Mucinex mucus blob because I'm trying to become that character. So anyway, so I'm on this medicine now, but it does mess me up a little bit. Maybe that's why I'm in a salty. Do
3: you hmm. so that you got the flimball ball out?
0: Well, I'm alive.
3: But did you see <laughs> the fumble?
0: No, it was like 2.30 in the morning. I was like, and then like I had such an adrenaline rush. Can you unlock your phones? 2660. Like, I, I well, you just said your phone unlock code on the air. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had it. By the way, Dax just got ripped off by somebody. Did you know this? I have no love for the post office. I used to work for them, mm-hmm. right? No love. Nastasia hates them. What was our famous quote, Nastasia?
3: It should be called USP because there's no
0: service. <laughs> That's right. But uh, Dax someone tried to rip Dax off in a, in a scam. He's Dax wants to be an entrepreneur. So he's like buying stuff from the, you heard of this brand called Supreme? Yes.
2: Yes.
0: And you know, so Supreme's dropping stuff so he buys like whatever he can get from the Supreme drop and then tries oh, to resell God. it. This is what all of the middle school kids are doing here like in his neighborhood. And then reselling it. So Dax buys, cool of all things, a freaking ashtray, an ashtray. Mm-hmm. And then he gets scammed by someone who's like some sort of swap. But here's the Prince information. In here's the information. You can now recall a package. Did you know that? That you just sent. You could be like, you know what? Don't deliver it.
3: Oh, really? And so we got it back. Nice. Remember when you were, whoever you buying something from, and the guy was like, just send the money.
0: Oh, we were trying to buy a tractor. Yeah. Hey, guys,
1: uh, last I checked, this show's not called Postage Issues. Oh, <laughs> uh, Peter, uh, no, but no, no.
0: well, that's a good so. one where he was like, Well, Nastasia was like, Yeah, Nastasia no, is very good at this. Like, if you ever need someone to take on a spammer, like double barrel, full board, like, take Nastasia with you. Same way, like, if you ever need to get around a line and you need someone who has absolutely no compunction about having everyone in the general vicinity, Wish her dead. Yeah. <laughs> Take Nastasia. with But if
1: you, you want to make friends,
0: don't. Yeah. So anyway, so back to <laughs> so Jim Wayne's sandwich. Here's the issue on this. I think sandwiches should only be made by people like Peter Kim who actually enjoy eating sandwiches, right? The problem with having the French-style uh, egg on a sandwich is, as I've said... Extrusion. Anyone that makes a sandwich that cannot be eaten without all of the goop extruding that's out right. of the sandwich that's has right. made a grave, grave error. That's absolutely right. This is why, like, I love the old days of the hollowed out bread so that the stuff stays inside. It still of the exists.
1: V- you have, you've got to ask for it.
0: It's done. You know, Subway used to do that. They, Subway used to do the V-cut hollow out on yeah. their breads. Oh, that's right. They used to. That's right. And it was a higher quality sandwich back then because it didn't leak all over everything the way it does now. Yeah, yeah. Um... Also, excessive mayo, to go back to mayo, you do need mayo on a turkey club. But ex- like a lot of those places, they're like excessively goopify. Right. A sandwich is That's a delicate That's my balance. problem,
2: Dave. I just don't like excessive mayo, okay? Yeah,
0: excessive- yeah right. Excessive goopiness is Thank good. You. But-
1: Plus, like... Salted veg on your thing if it's salted too far in advance.
0: Right, unless it's, it's a, unless it's witty. an inherently crunchy thing like Be- bell peppers. Right. right. Which, mm, but anyway, but like right. the, my issue is is excessive goop is bad. But between excessive goop and excessive dry, I'll take excessive goop. No. If you had to go one way.
1: That's absolutely right.
0: Like I think people don't understand every like if you have the top. Let's say some idiot just puts mayo on the bottom slice of bread. right, Right. then your mouth, the roof of your mouth, which doesn't, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if you've been alive, but, like, the roof of your mouth doesn't produce saliva. The bottom of your mouth produces saliva. Yes. Yes. So, like, if you have an incredibly dry top surface... You bite in, you excoriate the top of your freaking mouth, and it's all that dryness up in the roof area palate section. And unless you have enough moisture to moisten the whole bite as you bite down, it's an unpleasant experience, no matter what the bottom of it's like. That's right. So, you know, it, always make sure that – this is why always, if you're going to put – when you put your liquidy condiment of choice or a creamy condiment of choice, always at least do the top. I'm a firm believer in bottom as well, though. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. And – when you have lettuce on a sandwich, right? Think about placing the lettuce in a way that prevents the bread from getting soggy because the lettuce is a semi-impermeable That's membrane. Right.
1: And also thinking friction against surfaces like slippery versus against slippery is no yeah, good.
0: Yeah, right, right. This is why I like I like raw onion in a sandwich. You guys, raw onion. Yeah, I like raw onion. Jen hates raw onion. Thinly sliced. I hate raw onion. Oh, yeah, thinly sliced. Right, but like a raw onion is a good anti-slip surface in That's between right. things like tomato and avocado. Right. Let's just say. Uh, because it it kind of smushes into them and then Sorry. locks them in, into place. Give your sandwiches a good firm, a good not don't crush it. I'm not saying crush it. A good firm press before slicing or serving with your hand to lock all the ingredients into place. I think That's is right. also a key move. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so I highly recommend before you serve anything, eat a sandwich. And see whether or not the vast majority of the ingredients stay on the bread or whether they end up between Nastasia's toes. And if they end up between Nastasia's <laughs> toes, you have made a grave error. Right, Stas? Yeah, uh, it was not gross.
3: good. Was fine, later.
0: Yeah, I feel sick. <laughs> Egg toes, toe eggs. All right. All right. Ugh. So, wait, I heard we got a question in from the room of much chatting.
2: Oh, yeah, somebody in the chat room was asking about a vending machine at existing conditions.
0: Yes, we have one. We, in fact, have two. We have Vendo Calrizian and we have Andoni- Antonio <laughs> Venderis. Are the two machines? Because <laughs> wow. it's a Vendo is the name of the of the brand <laughs> that we did. So uh, t- we uh, bought these old uh, soda vending machines, and I've modified them to go down to stirred cocktail temperatures. So they hover, in fact, slightly colder, so that they stay. So they it hovers in and around it hovers between minus four and minus three Celsius. But it's so, so the drinks stay a solid minus four C. And then we have existing conditions tokens, and you drop the token in, and then you can pull out the, uh, the cocktail of your choice. What if you pull yes. two? You can't, because it's a real vending machine. Mm. Like, it's a real vending machine. So what happens is is you put the token in, and this is the part, because I'm not using the original coin mech that we had to work on. free vend is not a problem, but putting the, you have to put the coin in, then you have to uh, make it such that it doesn't accept another coin. Until someone has pulled it, then once they pull it, it relocks. Mm. You know what the old school people used to do? The guy was telling me. You know who it is? It's your right boy. But I can't yeah. mention it on air because I don't want you buying the rest of his machines because I am going to buy them. But anyway, he was saying, they're, they're weird people. They're up from like 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 I know all you people who you know are from other parts of the country, not from the Northeast. You think that like you think Connecticut, and you think like. You think like Greenwich, Connecticut, right? So you're yeah. thinking Greenwich, Westport, like oh, ho, 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 like you know, with the pinky out and like on their boats and their Ascots. No, Connecticut, ascots. Ascot. Connecticut is like full of like Hicks and Swamp Yankees. Once you get in off the coast, wow. you know what I mean. And we're like Davis hated on so Yankees. many people. So look, many, look, and Indiana let me tell you something. The I love the, I love those folks. Like they're my people. <laughs> I love those folks. You know what I'm saying? But like <laughs> I love them.
1: they're beautiful, beautiful people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: that's like that's like you know. Like, Losers. I know. I mean, like you know, I feel I feel at home with those folks. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. my point right. is, right. is that th- like, is that we're getting Leather we're getting Man. our soda machine from that kind of crew, and not from you know the you know Greenwich, Connecticut. You know, yacht, I forgot the story out with crew.
2: a vending machine.
0: Anyway. So, uh, so the, yeah, the, what he said what they used to do, what the kids used to do is they would open the door because it's the old school where it has the door on the side that you can open and then you physically pull the bottle out. It doesn't drop it, right? He said what they used to do is pull the bottle out like a quarter of an inch with a cup and then just pop all the lids off and dump all the first sodas into cups and drink it and walk away. Wow. Because people are garbage. If yes. someone does that in our bar, don't forget, we can see you and we can lock the door. You know what I mean? Ooh, so, ooh. Uh, it's not just me. We have lots of large people yeah. working with us. I mean, I'm not a large person, but, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but you
3: could kill someone because you have a simian crease.
0: And, and so yeah, so we pop Supapipot, who is, apparently now is like you know like doing very well in, in, in Bangkok, right? Uh, so I have what's called a simian crease. So a simian crease is there's a line across your palm. So like most of you, if you look at your hand, describe this, Peter. If you look at your hand, you have two lines uh, that go across your palm. I you have like right? three. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, like, I got one. Yeah. Goes straight across, yeah. and it's called uh, a simian crease, which means you're either. Well, it's it's found in monkeys, hence simian, and usually means that you're a monkey, like an like an ape, yeah. or, or you Dave know, or me- mentally there's mentally re- mentally retarded, like li- like literally, like it's like yeah. it's like a sign. I'd say that. So anyway, so, wouldn't know. I mean, I'm talking about like the literal medical. Yes. Thing All like right. it's a medical thing. Okay. Anyway, so uh, so we've always joked about that, basically that, I've, and so. Our, you know, old intern like we pop, looked at it and said, "Oh, in Thailand, that means that someday you will accidentally kill somebody."
3: <laughs> and he was very wow. serious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, dead serious. Yeah. He's like, "You will someday. You will accidentally kill someone." He's like, "You won't kill him on purpose." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so specific." <laughs> Such a specific palm reading. can you right. see that happening, Peter?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's almost killed me a few times accidentally.
0: <laughs> what? Don't know things that you do on your own that result in your death are still on you, even if nice I was the sir. instigator. All right. Johnny, uh, Johnny Revy wrote in, hey, Nastasia, Dave, and Dave in the booth, nothing for you, Peter. Uh,
2: silent silent He had no idea he was going to be here.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, but, oh, wait, guys. Working my way back through the cooking issues catalog. As soon as someone says working my way back, I have this song. And are you going to mm. give me a burning love inside? No.
2: Burning hey, get to it, because there's somebody on the phone, then. Uh-oh. All
0: right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Well, this is going to take a long time. You want to well, do the phone? Three oh, do, minutes. Do the phone, then. Uh, okay, well, I would, so what Johnny wants to t- me to talk about... And we'll, I'll get the phone. I have a question regarding uh, Dave's research methods. Uh, often refer to interesting academic articles in response to listeners. questions. is wondering how you're able to find such pertinent, detailed research. Are you just using Google Scholar or do you have access to more uh, academic databases? I break into something called the Web of Science, which is Elsevier's database. Uh, I know that they're a gun-running group, but whatever, they have a good database. I also use um, Wiley Online... And those two have a lot of uh, stuff. You can also use JSTOR. Like I have a, uh, JSTOR has a lot of the older stuff. Um, and you can use something like Google Scholar to get a first couple of hits, but once you get into it and you get good search terms on those, you can download a bunch of stuff and then download the bibliographies, look at it and, and dig in it. That's typically the way I do it. Um, uh, but the problem is like, for instance, you had a question like, uh, does salting mushrooms earlier in the cooking process dry out moisture? I suspect it does, but maybe you can shed some light on why it does or does not. This kind of problem isn't typically addressed in the scientific literature because, and here's the secret scientific literature only is written if there's money behind it so if there's an industrial problem if if you can save a gram of oil by doing it over the course of making, you know, billions of potato chips, there's a lot of money to do research on it. If there's something about fat reduction or some garbage stuff about health, some fake lies about how something is going to save your life or end, Dave it,
1: would be interested in.
0: or end it, there's a lot of research. But we have to think about the problem that industry wants to solve. And if you can think about a problem that you're interested in that industry wants to solve, there's a lot of science behind it, specifically on mushrooms. The answer is you salt them uh, as you're cooking them because you really want to get as much uh, moisture out of those mushrooms as as possible. I salt and crowd. You can go into my old Cooking Issues uh, blog, which still exists. I looked at it the other day and look at the post on mushrooms, but I'm a firm believer the old school French of like, fry a single mushroom at a time is totally wrong. Crowd those suckers in a pan. If you do anything other than crowding them and salting them beforehand, you're an enemy of quality. So just go do that. Uh, And hope Booker can make it back on the show to talk about his first cooking experience as a pasta flyer. Huh? Huh? What do you think he's doing well or no? He's doing well. Yeah. All right. Caller, we have caller. Close caller, there. caller. You're on the air. Hello.
5: Hey. Hi. Uh, hey. On the old recommendation that you can, can made, some Senegalese beef and it is indeed delicious during summertime.
0: Thanks yeah. That. Yeah. I like awesome. it. So, so you're talking about? Uh, is there anything in it other than just a hibiscus? Hibiscus, uh, aka sorrel, aka Jamaica. What?
5: Sometimes ginger. Ginger.
1: Yeah. Ginger. Uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a staple in my gins- house.
5: So, um. Here's my real question. So, I use a baking steel to make crepes because I don't have room for the whole big crepe maker, at least yet, because it retains heat very nicely. Um, and I'm trying to use the replet as well. Right. But, like, when I'm spinning the replet, a little invariably a little bit of cooked crepe gets stuck to the tip of the replet as I'm spinning it, and then it tears a hole in my crepe.
0: Okay. So, for I do know if I'm
5: doing something wrong
0: or what. Okay. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, replet. So, for those of you that haven't made crepes professionally, but you have had someone try to squeegee your car, right? A replette is basically a crepe squeegee, right? Now, the French raclette, uh, replettes, raplet, not raclette, raplet, are, um, they look like wooden squeegees, Right with a like, and they uh, the wood is kind of like made to a little bit of a knife edge, and I'd say they're oh, what's yours like six, seven inches long, the six seven inches wide. Yeah. Oh, mine's
5: physically a round dowel on a round dowel.
0: Oh no, I don't know. I never use that. I use the one that looks like a like a squeegee. Squeegee.
5: Okay. All right.
0: The one I use looks like a squeegee or a rake. I've never used a round dowel one. Maybe that's your problem. Maybe it's um, the problem. It gets caught on the interior tip or the exterior So anyway, so what you do. Exterior tip. So, so like as if I'm
5: you, spinning, like I have a central anchor point and I try to keep it really level and then I, and I do a kind of a clockwise rotation and I feel like always a little bit of cooked, partially cooked gets hooked to the end of it. Right. And as I'm spinning, then it just tears the whole a big tear across the rest
0: of the crepe. It's really annoying. Okay, so, like, typically, like, the way you do is you have your ladle, you pull your ladle out, and you can see this in Dosa. So Dosa folks don't use anything like that, right, Peter? They just use the ladle, don't they? I don't know. Anyway, so I don't remember. So you, uh, la- you, yes, ladle, it you, you ladle it out, you do your, the same like you do the swirl that you're going to do for, uh, like, a, or you don't even really need to if the crepe batter is thin enough, but, like, the, in fact, I never used to. So some people, you see some people, they'll do the um, the uh, pizza sauce swirl. You, you know what I'm talking about, the pizza sauce swirl? Yeah yeah, 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 Right. Uh, I don't think I ever used it. Maybe I did a little bit. Just It needs to be a little bit flat. But then I drop it, and there's literally no force on it. So, And you do it fast enough. You're not getting – I never really do it after the initial set. So I'm using it basically as the initial wipe around, but not so much. And I, maybe I do two, two-and-a-half full revolutions, but I can't ever remember saying – I would have holes in it but if you're if the batter is cooked enough to to stick to the uh, exterior edge of the replette, I'm thinking you're doing it too late in the process.
5: Um, yeah, I'm trying to go fast. I don't know what the – It's really annoying. Well, you you maybe maybe, maybe it's cooking
0: real replette. maybe it's cooking know. real fast. Try one of the squeegee shape. Go look for a squeegee shaped okay. replette yeah. Yeah. And, and see whether see whether that works. And remember, no downforce. Are you using any downforce? Yeah, yeah no I'm downforce not to, but, and i'm yeah. trying to
5: keep it even but maybe maybe i am
0: and An- another trick is is it uh is your replet my replets because well okay so like my replets would always come apart so i would keep them kind of moist maybe like i yeah. don't know whether that actually helps it but like my replet was always moist um,
5: yeah i try to keep like a bowl of water and keep it soaking in it so that any like little bits that you adhere to it will kind of wash off but uh,
0: I'll yeah keep also on it. Also, the other thing is, are you letting your, are you letting your, how long are you letting your batter rest?
5: I make it the night before.
0: Okay, so you're letting it rest long enough, because it's usually, you know, obviously, like, it takes the first couple of crepes to get the temperature of your, of your thing right, right? And
3: yeah, then yeah, yeah. Or,
0: if you're using semi-fresh batter, you get those air bubbles and garbage, which always cause tears and problems, out in the first couple of crepes, and that's when you're really good. Right. It's, it's really the fifth, it's like the fifth through the 30th crepe that are good, you know what I mean? Not like, uh... You know, crepes yeah, yeah, one yeah, through totally. five are like you know family there's like meal
5: a, The Russians really like their crepes, and there's a saying in Russian: "Like the first, they call it blini. The first blini always sucks."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- because because crepes and things like it, blinis, like doses, are they're steady state operations. You want your you right. want your your uh, heat source to be in a steady state. You want, and you want your batter to be in a steady state. And so you know, that's why, same thing with stuff like El Pastor, like Tacos El Pastor or anything like that, is you, 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 someone cannot make the best El Pastor if they're not serving a billion units of it A second, Because it's best when the thing is rotating and it's on a high, steady heat to create that nice flavor on the outside of the meat, but you're continuously shaving so that it never dries out. So certain tricks like like that, certain, not tricks, but certain recipes like that really respond well to volume uh, and, you know, and kind of constant production rather than like kind of one in, one out. But anyway, let us know, I let us, us know one what one happens. really quick play. questions that've been yeah. gnawing at me. I, uh, I don't know. Um,
3: no, you can't. We're done. Uh, I don't sir. know. What what, what you got? What, you got? Sure. what, okay, right.
0: Right.
5: what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? This is so my I'm, job. I'm to not shut gonna, you down. I'm not to out them, but it was at a really um, well-established restaurant in Seattle, really nice, been around for forever, and they served these freaking delicious um, savory donuts that were deep-fried in bear fat. this? And I've I asked the chef about it and he was like, "Well, we get it from a USDA approved facility in Colorado." where they use sharpshooters to shoot black bears, and that's why we're able to use bear fat in our commercial establishment, which seemed totally like BS
0: to me. You know, here's the thing about uh, Strange Meats. So I, what 15 was the name seconds. Of, what was the name of the guy we used to use, Nastasi, do you remember? No. So, like, we used to use this guy that told us everything was on the up and up, and we believed him, and then found out later that he had gotten arrested and done some jail time for being shady. So just... Look, I'm all Look, if you're going to cull bears and you can somehow get USDA certification such that you can get bear fat, great. If it's all on the up and up. But just if it seems crazy, right? It the, probably is. It, Cooking
2: it, issues. All right, all right. All right. <laughs>
0: all right. <laughs> right. Cooking issues. Right. Healthy food.
3: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network.